Here's the deal. Entrepreneurs, by definition, are not focused. And entrepreneurs, by definition, must be focused in order to actually succeed. So the biggest problem that entrepreneurs run into in their challenges with execution is simply that they're not focused enough. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 382. This is Michael Vesey from the 10K Collective Podcast, part of the Amazing FBA family of podcasts and information for all e-commerce sellers, particularly for Amazon sellers. Today, we're talking to Ken Burke on the topic of how to make decisions. And the reason we focused on this is simple. My best clients, the, those who did six, seven, or even eight figures in the 10K Collective Mastermind here in London, England, struggle the most with this particular topic. Knowing what the options are is one thing, and podcasts do a great job of giving you millions of options, a set of videos, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. But what do you do next is the critical decision, and what are you going to do over the next year or two, three years as well? And that's something that our guest today, Ken Burke, is perfectly, perfectly placed to talk about. He has actually run an e-commerce space business. It was a software business all the way from founding it in the mid-90s to selling it for 10 figures. That's over a billion dollars in about 2015, 2016, since when he's been helping entrepreneurs to found and, and grow their own businesses. Why is this important? Well, it's the single biggest block to progress that I see amongst entrepreneurs in real life. And this is particularly for you if you are a five, six or seven figure entrepreneur and wanted to go from five to six or six to seven or even seven to eight. The problem you're going to solve is simple, making decisions. How do you make them and how do you get past paralysis analysis and have a plan that is robust in the real world? What you'll take away is the decision matrix. We'll talk about what that is and how it can help you, why a financial plan is critical and how to use that to make decisions and basically how to set a plan for the next year that will actually get you into action as well. So it's one thing to make decisions, but it's the execution of those decisions that actually moves your business forwards. So exciting stuff. If you want to get access to the show notes that we have for this episode, I've done really detailed notes for this. Go to amazingfba.com forward slash Ken B, amazingfba.com forward slash K-E-N-B for book. And you'll find lots of detail there. And don't forget, of course, to subscribe to the show if you want to keep getting this quality sort of information for you as an e-commerce entrepreneur. And specifically, if you're an Amazon seller, this is the place for you. Right, let's head over to the interview. Enjoy the show. We're talking to Ken Burke, who is a veteran of startups. He's built companies, he's sold companies, a Silicon Valley veteran, which is um, great because it's out. I've actually been in the e-com space since 1995. I started one of the largest e-commerce companies, both Gartner and Forrester ranked as a top five platform for many, many years. We did about $2 billion a year in online commerce for our customers. The company was Market Live. We ended up selling it in 2015, 2016 right about there to a very large software conglomerate. And uh, we had a 10-figure exit, which was great, <laughs> and moved on. But our customers were major retailers here in the US. We had some international customers as well, a lot of different brands. So I have a lot of experience. I, God, I remember 
working with Amazon when they were just getting started with third-party sellers and we were doing integrations with our platform and them and all the way up to where they are now today. So lots of experience in that area as well. Currently, I help entrepreneurs start, grow and run them on the Entrepreneur Now Network or entrepreneurnow.com, also an author. And I'm a practicing entrepreneur. I'm currently working in the e-learning space and I have two startups right now. All the same things your audience is struggling with, I'm struggling with every day as well. In a a real life context, how do entrepreneurs really make decisions and how should they make decisions? Well, I, you know, the first challenge that entrepreneurs run into, I call it analysis paralysis, where entrepreneurs get into this process of making decisions. They continue to analyze and they just simply put off the decision. And it's my philosophy, my contention, and my experience that says, I would rather you make a slightly wrong decision, not a massively wrong decision that's going to put you out of business. And do something and take action and get feedback on that. So for instance, let's say that I'm going into a new category on Amazon, or I'm thinking about doing a product line extension, or maybe going private label or what have you. And I'm weighing the pros and cons, and we'll get into the tactics of that in just a moment. But at the end of the day, if you're really unsure, and if if you don't know exactly the direction, my recommendation is you actually take action, start down the road. And see and you're, what you're doing is you're going to be able to collect feedback and you're going to collect information. And then you're going to be able to make a new decision or pivot to a different decision. And by the way, that's okay. So I would rather you take action. Here's the deal. Action creates momentum. It is a fundamental tenet, if you will, of entrepreneurial mindset. So the more action you do, the more momentum you're going to create. And that action that you're taking is going to lead you down a road that may or may not be the right decision. But you're going to use the best information that you have at this moment in time. And then in a a week, a month, a year, you're going to have more information and you're going to make other decisions. So I'd rather you take action and move forward and test the waters because bottom line is what we do in e-commerce. We test, measure, and adjust. Test, measure, and adjust. You do it in your marketing strategies. You do it in your marketing funnels. You do it in your conversions. You do it (laughs) with your customers post-launch. I want you to do the same thing in your business as well. So let me make this fairly concrete then. Let's say somebody who's got a lot of reselling that they're doing and they're wanting to create a private label or custom product type business, but they're struggling to make decisions around that. How would you sort of approach that kind of thing, for example? Yeah. So the tactics for which making the decision, there's two actually tools. One, I went to what I actually have on my website and it's called the decision matrix. And essentially it is a watch, it is a spreadsheet that you actually build criteria for and you rank the criteria, you weight the criteria. It's a scoring system for making any decision. You can make any decision in life if you follow it. I actually have an article on it and the downloadable spreadsheet is available as well. So I want to make that available to all your listeners. It's all free of charge. What it's doing is it's walking you through the structure of creating uh, or creating a decision-making process where you actually take the different alternatives. And then what you want to do is you want to come up with the criteria for which that decision is being made. And now here's the key to the whole thing. It's the reason why it's a multi-attribute decision matrix, which is what it's called. People love it. And essentially, again, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're not just creating, do I make decision A, B, C, or D, whatever. It could be two decisions, two choices, three choices, four choices, five choices, whatever you're trying to do. Whether I go private label, whether I don't go private label, as an example. I want to understand the criteria for which you're making that decision. I want you to understand the criteria, and then I want you to wait the criteria. So let me give you an example. Is it going to increase my revenue? Can I grow my business? Would be a criteria. And you want to weight that on, is it going to distract? Uh, is it going to make, what, what, basically going to make it more profitable? Do I have to hire more employees or is it going to expand uh, the overall strategy? Is it going to make my company more valuable? These are all criteria 
that you would use in order to make the decision. But then what I want you to do is I want you to weight the criteria because some criteria is more important than other criteria. Okay. So, so maybe making a profit right now, short-term profit might be a criterion, but it's not the most important thing because you're looking at more of a long-term business or maybe improving my conversion rate is a criteria or growing my brand is a criteria. But growing my brand, important, but not that important, right? So what I want you to do on a scale of one to 10 is you just weight the criteria and then you just do the math. <laughs> so each criteria or each criteria is weighted and each decision gets a score for each criteria. And then you actually do the math to total it up and you have your decision. I know it sounds a little silly, but whether you use a spreadsheet or not, the framework is still the same, that there is a logical process for making a decision. And you need to understand what the criterion that you're using to make that decision and how important each piece of the criterion is. That's the fundamentals of making the decision. That's number one thing that I would look at. Let me give you another one real quick before you ask the question here is you got to look at the financials. The finance, you need to model whatever decision you're making. You need to pull out your three-year financial model, which is your financial forecast. And you say, Michael, you're saying, oh no, I don't have a three-year financial forecast, but maybe some of your listeners don't. You need to have a three-year financial forecast, period. You cannot run your business. If you don't want three years, do one year or two years. You manage on the first year and you, so you manage the first year very tightly. Year two and year three are a little bit more out there in what I call the ether, but that's still fine because you know where you're going. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to measure the impact of those varying decisions. Let's say it's again, go private label, don't go private label. What are the things that I want to know about? And when I build my financial model, how much do I have to invest in startup capital? How long is it going to take me to ramp the revenue as an example? How much cash am I going to need in order to execute this? All of those things and more will be told through your financial model. Here's the other thing. What is the value or the impact two or three years down on my company valuation based on this decision? The model will tell you that as well. And it just so happens that on my website, I do have this model as well. So that actually does cost money. So I don't want to promote it, but I do want to tell you there is some free videos on there that can help you walk you through that. But this financial model is critical to your overall success. You can only manage to a year. And what you need to do when you manage your financial forecast is you revise it every month to make sure that it continues to be updated. So it's a rolling 12 month. That's what you run the business on. Year two and year three are more, again, projections of what yeah. could happen. If you are looking for investment, I happen to know a lot about that as well, uh, yeah. is that you do need a five-year projection. DCs want to see five years if anybody out there is looking for it. But uh, three years is a good thing because it gets you on track for a longer strategic, but one year is really what the thing is. That's what you really focus in on. So here's what I'm getting. A one-year forecast is critical for actually managing. You update it once a month. Three years gives you a sort of more of a, a sense of vision that's, a, you know, it's, it's given in numbers, but it's very fairly fluffy. Different yeah. businesses require different things. Yeah. Typically, investors want you to sell within five years, and that's why they want a five-year projection. So in order to do a financial forecast, you actually need a strategy. And the other part of a financial forecast is that you have to have what's called a justified revenue forecast. You have to actually build a bottoms-up model that says, I'm doing these marketing activities. So you have paid search, organic search. So you have to put the costs in as, as obviously with what my ROAS is with my paid search. Uh, and, and you build it up that way. What, what am I doing in brand building? What am I doing in social? Whatever, whatever you're doing. And everything contributes to that revenue. It doesn't just happen. You actually have to have what's called a justified revenue forecast. And then what comes out of it is your marketing plan, your selling plan, your revenue plan. Actually, everything comes out of it from there. Your operational plan, how many staff you need to have in customer service, uh, how many you have to have in the fulfillment and distribution center. You have to have the discipline to do this. So in a lot of entrepreneurs, 
I know a lot of entrepreneurs listening now do not do this. And it is a big mistake because the fastest way to go out of business is run out of cash. Uh, I had an entrepreneur yesterday. I literally was on the phone with him and I, I won't say who it was. Tell me that he's, got a, what are, he's running out of cash literally like this week, next week. And I'm like, and he has used to cut back his business, which is a huge mistake. And he's like, well, if I cut back my business, I'm going to harm it. You don't understand when you run out of cash, you're out of business, period. Right. So cash management is really the driver and why you do this and when you need investment, but you need to do that three to six months before you need it. <laughs> and if not, you also need to cut back your business three to six months before you run out of cash. That's another really, really important. You need to cut earlier than later. And it's our entrepreneurial intuition that we don't cut. We don't cut people. We don't want to slow down any other part of the business. And we always do it too late. And guess what happens? You end up running off a cliff and going out of business. And we don't want that to happen to anybody. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 382. So let's come back to this decision-making thing. Coming back to the ordinary person who is at, you know, doing seven figures maybe or, you know, mid six to, to late seven figures. It feels kind of intimidating to say that you've got to do all this very, very analytical work. Whereas maybe they've been used to being more intuitive, shall we say politely. How do we actually get this to actually happen? You're already working 80-hour weeks, keeping the wheels spinning. I suggest that you create a set of key initiatives. Key initiatives are the things that you want to focus on. Here's the deal. Entrepreneurs, by definition, are not focused. And entrepreneurs, by definition, must be focused in order to actually succeed. So the biggest problem that entrepreneurs run into in their, in their, in their, in their, in their challenges with execution is simply that they're not focused enough. First of all, a couple of rules in my entrepreneurial mindset. One, break down things into small bite-sized pieces. So if you're going to get overwhelmed, you get paralysis in moving forward. So I really think it's very, very important to stop, step back and say, I'm going to go ahead and take whatever big thing I'm trying to do and break it down into bite-sized pieces. That will allow you to prioritize a lot easier than trying to take something huge. Next thing is, is create key initiatives. What you want to do is in any given year, you want to start off with every year, what are the five key things in my business that I want to do? What do I want to move forward? So it might be growing top line revenue. I might want to bring down my costs. Okay. Then, then, then that could be another initiative. I might want to go into a private label business. That's another initiative. This is at a high level. You could only have a maximum of five. And the smaller your organization is, bring it down to maybe three or even two or maybe even one in a year. But you will make more progress on that focus and being focused on just taking one thing at a time. I always say master and move on, master and move on. This is the problem of entrepreneurs is we don't focus. We want to do everything and we have to make those choices. So what you want to do is you want to make the choice, obviously, that's going to yield you either the highest growth, the biggest revenue, or maybe laying a foundation for the future is really important to you. And that might be the thing that you want to do. So it depends on what your priorities are. We don't always want to assume I want short-term growth and I'm going to do that at all costs. The second thing is for each initiative, you have a series of objectives and objectives are measurable. And they're measurable down to the individual week or month that you're holding yourself or other people accountable. So even if you have one objective, which is to go into a, a private label, third-party private label business, then you've got to list out all the things that you need to do in order to get that thing done, in order to actually get it to launch. And so that you create this uh, set of initiatives, set of, uh, or I should say, set of objectives that then are measurable, that you can say, I'm going to do this by this date, this by this date, this by this date. Now, this is very important 
if you have anybody else helping you execute other than yourself, right? Even for yourself to have dates that you're measuring against, I want to launch on this date. Then I work back from a launch date and I work back exactly what I need to do in order to do that. And then I start prioritizing from there. I start figuring out what's really essential. Give me an example. In a product business, I run software businesses. And in a software business, we have something called an MVP, minimum viable product. And what you inevitably do in a software business when you're launching a software business is you have to create enough of a product that people can buy it, but not too much that it takes years and years and years to develop it. So you're constantly prioritizing and deprioritizing certain features, certain aspects of your platform as you go along this continuum because you've set a date that says, I want to launch on November 1st, let's say, or December 1st. And from there, you drive the entire team to that launch date. I recommend highly, by the way, very important, create launch dates for yourself because they will hold you accountable and you will drive to a date. It is amazing what happens when you drive to a date, a date that you can't miss. And you will find yourself having to make those decisions about, do I spend more money to do this? Maybe I don't have the money. Do I take more time and extend the launch date or do I add more resources? That's the triangle that you need to deal with always in dealing with this. So prioritization will start to come out and start to force itself if you do these things. Set an initiative, focus on that initiative. If you want two or three, that's okay. If your organization is big enough to handle it. And then create a launch date and then focus and prioritize with a list of objectives that will get you to that launch date. Period. End of story. That will do it every time. I know that might sound like business 101, but it actually works. Before we overload people with with a ton of different things, I would love to come back to just pointing them towards the two tools that you mentioned. One is that decision matrix, which I think is free. And then the other one is your paid forecast planning thing, which I didn't know about, by the way. But I, I just that sounds incredibly valuable to me from you know, experience it's a, it's, over the years. This stuff is super important. It's a great tool and it's available on our website. We do have articles around it that are free. The actual tool itself, along with the four-hour course, will teach you everything to do with a forecast. It actually gives you the model as well. So I'm not here to sell anything, but it's like 99 bucks. So it's not expensive at all. So I just I just put it out there because it's a really good tool and we make it super cheap so that people can actually use it. It's one of our most popular courses. So I mean, so people can get hold of it if you're listening to the podcast, amazingfba.com forward slash matrix. Amazingfba.com forward slash matrix is going to be for the decision-making matrix. We'll redirect that to the appropriate place on Ken's site. And amazingfba.com forward slash forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S for sugar T, will redirect to the, the, the model that helps you make forecasts because... There is such a strong correlation between the people I've seen killing it in e-commerce, 10xing within four years. I mean, okay, they coincided with great, you know, growth in e-commerce, but nevertheless, and people who have cash flow forecasts, they are absolutely correlated. So I can say for a fact, as a guy observing, you know, the day-to-day, month-to-month struggles of these guys and successes, that that's so true in real life. It's not just a nice theory and it doesn't just apply in Silicon Valley, although it clearly does as well. So, Ken, this has been fantastic. First of all, go read Ken's stuff. So where's the best place to go for that, Ken? It's entrepreneurnow.com. I have my own site, kenburke.com, which has my latest book, an Amazon bestseller. <laughs> Thank goodness. We released in January called Prosper, Five Steps to Thriving in Business and in Life. It's a little bit more of a self-help book or a personal development book. So if you're into that stuff, that uh, is great. But it does have a lot of business ideas as well and all my philosophies around that. Ken, thank you so much for blowing our brains and, and hopefully when people have absorbed it, also really moving us on with our decision-making processes. That's fantastic. That's that's great. Thank you so much. It's been fun.
If you want to get access to the show notes that we have for this episode, I've done really detailed notes for this. Go to amazingfba.com forward slash Ken B. Amazingfba.com forward slash K-E-N-B for book. And you'll find lots of detail there. And don't forget, of course, to subscribe to the show if you want to keep getting this quality sort of information for you as an e-commerce entrepreneur. And specifically, if you're an Amazon seller, this is the place for you. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 382.